0: This is episode 147 of the Fearless Launching Show. Today, I'm sitting down with my guest, Jenny Shee, to chat about how to work harder without actually working harder so that we can grow our businesses, launch our products and services, and ultimately have a happier life. I'll see you inside. Let's do this. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches. By working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games, I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done-for-you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it let's get into today's episode. Hello, Jenny, and welcome. I'm so excited that we have been finally where our schedules aligned, the stars aligned, whatever, and we (laughs) are able to jump on the podcast together today. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited, really. honestly, I've been waiting. I've been actually, I feel like I've been wanting to like have you on the show for a long time. And yeah, I was like, yeah, let's do this. Um, because, and as I said, like just a few seconds ago, a few minutes ago, I was like, you know, I've watched you and your business and different things that you've put out into the world and launched and emails and whatever, whatever I've watched you do, um, from afar. And I thought, wow, this girl, she's got it down. She's super solid. So this is where I'm going to bask you with like, get, put some like love on you, like super solid, high, like high integrity level right there. Just, and just like, I just uh, have just massive respect for just, just like, just like the way you do business. And so I just love that. I love that it just from, at least from the outsider's perspective, you're doing things really on your own terms, what's right for your life. And I just, yeah, I just, I'm like, yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you. That means a lot. I thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate your kind words.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just, I, you know, yeah, I can't, I can't say that enough. Like ev- anything that has jumped out at me, it's been, it's been because of that. And, and It isn't, you know, some people will say, Oh, I really like transparency or this, if you were willing to get, you know, be muddy in front of us or, you know, have, have like your like moment in front of us, whatever you want to call it. But honestly, I just, I just like how, I, I just, I just like how respectful and like it's almost like, modest but not too modest anyways i could go on and on but
1: <laughs> thank you thank it's you a very
0: special much. little something anyways <laughs> thank you um but tell us before we get into this jenny jenny she that's who we're talking to today tell us a little bit about what you do i mean what's your business maybe what you're working on something you're working on right right now that's really exciting you
1: Yeah, well, I am a business coach and consultant and I focus on helping women start, grow and streamline online service-based businesses. So I do work with an occasional man, but most of my clients are women and I focus on people who provide services. So maybe that's consulting or coaching, nutrition, design, copywriting, anything that's a service provided from one person to another person. They want to market to a worldwide audience and can serve that client virtually. And that's just where I've found my sweet spot and my expertise. And I do it all with the angle of working smarter, not harder and, you know, creating success on your own terms, doing it the way that works for you and your life, not just working crazy hours just to work crazy hours. So that's kind of the short of what I do. And what I'm working on right now is I have my main program. It's called Make It Work Online, which is helping those women and uh, gentlemen get started with their online business and really getting their first clients and seeing how that whole process works. So we're, we're currently at the tail end of that program. And for the second half of this year, I am just going to systemize the heck out of my business. We're just at this point where I see where we're headed, kind of, and the, the things that are are always being done and the things that we've now, we now have our way of doing them and they're ready to put a system in place. And, and that's really the focus for the second half of this year is this like internal inside the business work, which I really love to do. Um, So I'm kind of excited about it.
0: That's exciting. Yeah. And you know, one thing about that internal inside work, it's often people just don't pay attention to it until it's something's broken or needs to be (laughs) fixed or or just something explodes and it's and it's like yeah i guess we got to get that handled
1: um so
0: i love that i love that love that um yeah i've known a lot of people a lot of people actually come in come into my world because they're creating a product more product Owners, I don't not even just digital products, but recently I've definitely seen a lot more coaches and um, one-on-one service providers, people who do things exactly like you said, like photographers, yoga instructors, or coaches that kind of have a bunch of different modalities that they share with their their people. So I love that. I love 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 that. Um. So my question for you would be about your make it work online program. Is that a first Mm -hmm. step for them before they work with you one-on-one? Do you work with them at the beginning or like, is it, is it something you give your clients or I'm wondering about like how that works?
1: Yeah. So I no longer work with clients one-on-one because I found, and this is sort of what I, what I teach sort of in the grand scheme of business is I started one-on-one, a lot of one-on-one that was the focus of my business got to multi-six figures doing primarily one-on-one and which is great I like to say that because not to brag but to dispel the myth that you can't make really great money and not work crazy hours like you can make great money and not work crazy hours selling one-on-one if you do it right so I like to say that to just prove to people that it's possible cuz it totally is anyway so I worked with clients one-on-one and I really refined my process which is what I'm a big fan of like get really good at what you do and become really knowledgeable of how you do your thing for your people in a way that nobody else can do it. And I got to this point where I could practically predict my clients' questions before we got on the phone. And that was when I realized, okay, it's time for me to help more people than just one-on-one. Because if I know a question you're going to ask before you even ask it, then I have the knowledge to create a killer program. Right. And so that's what I did with Make It Work Online. And that is how I work with, I work with a Oh, there's between 50 and a hundred, um, people in the program. The last couple times I've run it and it's very high touch. Um, and people are really surprised that I can run a group program as high touch as it is, but it's very high touch because it's very systematized, which is what <laughs> I love to do. And, um, it's the first step. Like it's okay. You know what you want to do. You have a website, you've got like, you've worked with maybe a client or two, but you don't really see how this whole online system thing works. And so that's where people, that's sort of their entry point for my clients. They come in, they learn how to talk about what they do. They learn how to create really great packages for where they are experience level. So I don't tell people that you should just create high-end premium programs if you're brand new. It's a terrible idea. And so I tell them how to figure out what to create and what to charge and how to find those clients and 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 that whole thing. And that's what we do together in Make It Work Online. And most people leave. They, they get the picture of what to do and how to do it. And they're getting clients and building their business. I have a follow-on program after Make It Work Online called Accelerator. Where we work for another six months together, a lot more intimately, and we help them fine tune every step of their process. Um, that is super fun because we really get to, to get into the nitty gritty. And most clients leave that program making about three to five k a month and consistently in their business. And from there, they're primed for my next program, which is called Make Ten K, which is how do you make the leap from making a couple thousand dollars a month to you know making um, six figures in your in your business without burning out? <laughs> because what happens is most people hit like three to five K a month. And they're like, I am working 40 hours a week. I cannot take any more clients. How do I make any more money? And that that's a problem we solve.
0: Yeah. In my Make Change program. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, the one-on-one work, it's interesting because this year due to just some big things were happening in my personal life and just You know, it's just, you know, families, they go through things Mm -hmm. in different, different phases. And I think that that's pretty normal. Um, but I ended up taking on a lot more one-on-one clients over the past 12 months, not just like 2017, Mm -hmm. but part of 2016 and into this year. And I was like, wow. Um, and even this last month, I, I looked at my calendar for June, the last two weeks, especially, (laughs) which are happening now pretty much. Um, I have so many like, I have so little downtime that I'm like, yeah, this mm-hmm. for me would not be sustainable. Um, yeah. This would not be sustainable. And so I'm <laughs> actually, I'm so glad to hear that you've put it, you've made it into the Make It Work Online instead of doing the, you know, because you really can serve more people. So you essentially figured out your process, then you went inside, you created it for Make It Work Online, just like you're going to do now for your own business. Mm-hmm. And then you launch that. How did you launch? And do you launch that more than once a year or? Yeah. So Make It Work Online, I,
1: I have the bug of continuous improvement. It's like, it's like a character flaw <laughs> to the point where I always see how I can do everything better. And so the first time I launched Make It Work Online, was in September of 2013. And the program was to start in January of 2014. And it was the first time I was going to teach all of this to a group. And it was part retreat, part group training program, part, there was a little bit of private coaching in there, part group coaching. It was like a mishmash of things. And I sold it out with one email. And that was pretty awesome. <laughs> one email and one sales page. That was my whole lunch. But then after I did that program, I had an in-person retreat, which is really expensive to run. And so I thought, okay, I, I see how the retreat was valuable and it was a whole lot of fun, but it also is not possible for everybody to travel. So how do I make this? And it's only so scalable to do a live event in the way I like to do them. So I made some modifications to the program and I said, okay, I can take up to 25 people I think doing it this virtual way so I launched it that oh maybe that summer of 2014 to a larger group and I just did it with a webinar I think. And then and then the next couple launches so I've done it launched it seven times now. So the last couple launches there were some webinars and then the last two launches were like I upped the bar and then I upped the bar again with actually the last three launches with like a three part video series and that whole, like the whole shebang. (laughs) Um, and that, the last one that I launched, the last time I launched, which was this past March we did, I hired a pro video crew. We rented a house to shoot the videos. We put in probably six months of work to do the launch. And, but really every time it was just a step up. Like one of my clients said to me, "Like, "How did you know how to hire a video crew?" And it's like, "Well, but I did all these other things before. Yeah, and so I didn't go from nothing, like never launching to doing this massive pro video fancy fancy pants launch, as I call it. I just stepped up like a little bit every time, little bit by little bit by little bit, as opposed to just sort of trying to dive right into the deep end. And that's really my style. I could see how to make it better, but also how to do that next thing. Um, and get better results and also help people in the meantime. And anyway.
0: So. Yeah. No, I mean, I love that. And the, I am curious, like, how did you, what was your experience of that video doing the video series? Was it a lot of fun? Was it, you know, of course it is a lot of work doing that. And you realize that once you're in it, you're like, yeah. Oh yeah, the first this time is, I is a did, lot of work. The
1: first three video series launch was for my launch in January of 2016. And I shot those videos the fall before it was just me and one video guy, like a white screen background shorter videos. Um, actually we just shot the intros. So for that, for the first time I did video, we did, he shot the intro and the ending, but the middle of it was me teaching like to PowerPoint with a screen recording. So it was a really great bridge from you. Like I, it was a tele, I use a teleprompter and, you know, I got to practice being on video, but it wasn't so exhausting to be on video for twenty minutes. So I had that middle part where I was still teaching and getting value, but I wasn't wasn't going crazy trying to make myself do something I wasn't ready for. And that was awesome because I got used to working with this video guy. I was super self-conscious in front of video people. I still kinda am. Not to practice using a teleprompter and writing scripts and practicing scripts and all of that, because it's a whole skill set. So then when I moved to this pro this whole video crew with the house and all everything that we did last fall yeah, it was like a little, it made me nervous. And, and it was a step outside my comfort zone, but it wasn't a giant leap. And actually it was kind of fun at the end. I was like, Oh, like, okay. And I got, I'm like, Oh, I get how this works now. And I see what I would do differently. And uh, I think the hardest part was we put, I put more effort into the scripts, those three video scripts, actually sales video and a whole bunch of others. We probably made eight videos or something more than that. I don't know how many videos we made, but I put more effort into the scripts than I'd ever put into any marketing materials ever. And that was what blew my mind. <laughs> that was really hard. But now I we, I feel like we came up with something amazing and I know how it will change them going forward. But I feel like, okay, I finally figured out like the right angle to solve this program to the right people and help people even if they don't join the program. And and if we did the video again, the video crew, like here's what we would do differently. And because
0: I'm all about learning from
1: taking action. So it was hard. It was exhausting and it was
0: fun. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what I love? I, I love that. It, the truth is is like, yeah, it, you, even with the videos, you did it in a different way first, you yeah. know? And I think you were doing videos before that, that were just in your office. Yeah. So it's not like you weren't on video. So like right. there are micro steps exactly. along the way yeah. and you just take on a little bit more yes. each time. Yeah you tackle it lo- and you learn by doing exactly i love i love that um did you do you feel like the just just because this this was actually a question i think just this past week in the fearless launching group and they were saying is it true that the three video series is dead and i'm like Where'd you hear that? <laughs> first of all, but like, what did you feel like? Um, did you feel like doing that, jumping to, not jumping to video the first time, but like this final time that you did the shoot in, not final, but the last time you did it in the fall, do you feel like it really impacted the the launch results that you had? Yeah, this is such a great question because I
1: have an answer and I have some opinions about the question people are asking, but I also know, so I just have to, before I even say my answer, I have to throw the caveat out there. So I have an engineering background. I like to think of things very like data-based and scientifically. And I am a test case of one. (laughs) I only have my own business to go off of. So my opinions are based on a data set of one, which is like very unscientific. (laughs) So I just have to throw that out there. So what I, um, you know, I had the question in my mind also, is the three video series dead? And here is my current hypothesis. Obviously, I can't know for sure, but so you can call it my conclusion, but that would be very unscientific of me. The answer is no, but. The answer is no, but. There are a lot of people who who see three video series and think to themselves incorrectly, I just need to put out three videos. They don't understand the... Uh, what's the right word? Like the science is kind of wrong. The like marketing art between behind what goes into each video and how you say certain things and what you say and what you don't say and the order and the lead ins and like that whole, how all of those things connect. Because when you, like I saw, so we put in more effort to that than I have ever done before and our videos came across, I feel like they came across really well. It made our numbers are consistent with what, they, but okay. So sorry. There's like a couple, uh, i got so many opinions. Okay. So, <laughs> I know. So I the can tell. first thing is I think they're not dead. Why do I think they're not dead? Is the people who make a whole lot more money than me are still doing them. So if the people who make a whole lot more money than me are still doing them, clearly they still work. The second is I think a lot of people do them and without realizing what actually needs to go into those videos. Um, And that I think is a really big piece. The third thing is, I think this online world is getting more saturated. It doesn't mean you can't make money doing it. There are plenty of people doing it. I'm still fortunate to be one of those people doing it well. Um, But it takes more work to get the same results. So one of the things that was really frustrating for me this last time with the launch was how much effort we put into the launch compared to what what I'd put in before and the fact that my conversion numbers were still on track to where they'd been in the past. And it's frustrating because I'd kind of hoped like I went, I went all in on this launch in every way that I possibly could without killing myself. And to, and I feel so proud of what we created. And I was just I was glad about it for so many reasons. And I still am at the same conversion numbers I've been at in the past. And so what that tells me is it's harder to sell stuff for whatever reason, because there's more people in the market, because of the economy, because you know, with the uncertain political climates, people are less likely to make big changes. It doesn't matter, but this is just the reality we're in. So this calls on us as marketers to raise the bar. And the way I think about it is like Coca Cola or Nike, or like even the, like the store down the street. They always are marketing in new and new and fancy ways. So why are we any different? We constantly have to be raising the bar and upleveling and improving our own marketing if we want to stay relevant. And that's sort of like a tough pill to swallow, but okay, I'm in this game to play this game. And this is, if this is what I got to do, it's what I got to do. So there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my, the, the way that I approach it was exactly the same th- that you're, that you're saying, like, I think that you can't simplify and say like, not all video series are going to work because of exactly what you said, because people might not understand what needs to go in each of their videos and in which order they need to say certain things Mm. and then to what you just said to your point of what you just said about new fancy little strategies here and there there are way more touch points that have to be had (laughs) have to be like shared with people there's the Facebook. you can't you can do this video series but it, it might not be the only thing you're you might have to do other stuff and you probably do, you know, Facebook live, Instagram stories, all this, all that, you know, and of course it's dependent on you and, and who you're actually talking to. Um, but it's, I I just, it's, it's a bummer to me when people say, is this strategy dead? You you know what? Not if it's done correctly Mm -hmm. to the right people in the right way and presented in, you know, in the right I don't want to say not format but the right stage like yeah. if it's shared in the right way. Yes. Um so so yeah that that's that's good to know that your your um research group of one um, <laughs> was able to what did you say your your, your data set yeah, did you say sample say size <laughs> your sample size was one but still I think that you're absolutely right. I think that I think that if we're ever curious is something still working or not just look at what the bigger brands are doing, you're going to see some things that they're doing that you're like, okay, so they're still spending money, like lots of money on this to make these things happen. Um, You know, recently I saw, I was watching this infomercial from Shaleen Johnson because you know, whatever I see Pio on TV, whatevs. And she brought in like a whole Periscope, very casual video element to that whole thing. And I'm like, "Oh, that's like her periscopes." Um so it's it's going to it's going to be those things that are very like kind of I think dropping from the trees, you can reach them easily, but it's going to be those other things um that do take a little bit more time to create. Yeah. Um so I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um so what I wanted to actually really get into today because like all, I mean, this is a lot of work, right? doing these videos here is a lot of work. (laughs) But this, this brings me to like this, this thing that's, I've been like dying to hash this out with somebody. And I'm like, oh, well, Jenny's a perfect person. And that is that, you know, what's really, it, it angers me to hear someone say, you've got to work until your, you know, your eyes bleed or whatever, whatever (laughs) you like say, or, hey, you don't have to work. It's like, you know, live, live, design your life and live it like you want to live it. And, and, you know, it's all about only doing what you want to do. So it feels like don't hustle or hustle so much that you're almost falling to the ground. But I'm always like, I don't actually feel like either of those are accurate or really good for a person who's do, who's starting a business, trying to grow their business. And I know for myself, I tend to be on the working way too much area, but I'm like, I know that not working is not going to get me anywhere because I can find other things to do, but I just don't think that's still being effective. So I don't know. I wanted to talk to you about this, like not working, working smarter.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. There's a lot of like very polarizing messaging that you should, you know, manifest it all and just live this easy dream life. And that's lovely. (laughs) I can't. I'm just not of the personality type to be able to get behind that. I I just, (laughs) I am getting, maybe I'm too (laughs) practical for my own good, but I kind of believe some effort is required to create things in the world. And that doesn't make me feel bad. Like I don't feel bad thinking that thought. It feels true to me. So um, I just can't buy into that other end of the spectrum Uh, for those people. If anybody's ever figured that out, I would love to
0: know. (laughs) Well, because you know what? It's to me, I mean, like that's the end of the spectrum that's like all about, zero hustle yeah. and like that to me seems interesting it's like the people i mean those people i know who those people are i know a few of those people personally and i'm like dudes you hustle yeah. to get here and then yes. you realize you don't have to hustle it's like right. if it's like someone saying who has a lot of money oh money doesn't matter yeah the person who's poor is sitting over there going uh yeah it does, <laughs> yeah, <it> does. <laughs> right right so So I think, you know,
1: you do, I believe that work is required to make money. So given that as a starting point, I also believe you don't have to work your tail off to make success in your business. I am a huge, huge believer in first deciding how much you want to work, like being practical about it, but also making some really hard decisions and then being smart about how you work. I see a lot of people, some of them are my good friends, work very unwisely. Like I have one friend in mine where she'll get really frustrated with how her, her AWeber account is working and she'll end up spending two hours trying to fix a formatting issue. I'm like, your assistant should be doing that. Yeah, but I just got started and I know how I wanted to look and And I'm like, you run a multi six figure business. What are you doing messing around in your email account? Like that's not. And so, and I get, I am equally guilty of moments like that as well. But I think there's a lot of time, there's a lot of wasted energy and we really have to start to think about, it doesn't mean delegate everything, but we really have to start to be smart and wise about where and how and when we work and what we work on and what we delegate and what we prioritize and what we say no to, you know, there's, so much more that I want to be doing in my business, but I have such clear limits to how much I'm willing to work that I am willing to accomplish less and make less money because I don't want to work hard, but I don't feel like, you know, uh, I don't feel like I I feel like we can work less without making less. If that makes sense, like we can work less without compromising our income, but I also feel like, at some point, you know, if you want to, anyway, I, it gets a little messy in my head. Like, can I work less and make more? I haven't figured that one out yet, but I feel like we could definitely <laughs> work less without making less.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And I will say in the times that I've taken, taken more time to just sit back and say, okay, I know that you want to play and lead pages in, <laughs> but there's a tutorial, there's plenty of videos on this and you can hand this off yep. to your assistant. Yep. And and I'm like and in, in my head I'm like fighting the whole way going, but there's going to be this long learning curve. I want this page done right now. You know, this is really last minute. I'm like I'm like fighting myself the whole way there, but it's really in asking that question is this really the could I be doing something that's more important something that will actually I don't know. That's something that will actually, this is really the wisest use of my time. And I have to just ask myself that. You bring up a really great point because
1: the question becomes, is this the most lucrative use of my time? Lucrative. Yes. And like, is this going to, is this going to profit my business's bottom line if I do this now? Sometimes the answer might be yes. Like, It like if for some reason it's a Friday night and you're thinking, crap, I forgot to tell my assistant to do this thing and whatever I want it up today, then okay, fine. If she doesn't work weekends, then maybe it would be good for you to put it up right now. I I feel like there's a lot of people who put out like all these rules. I don't know who they are because I don't follow them, but I feel like I hear them. (laughs) You know, like you shouldn't ever do this or you should always do this. Like, no, yeah. Yeah, You have to understand the big picture of your business. So from a strategic standpoint, looking at your business, like of all the things that have to get done and all of like where the revenue comes from and where the cost goes out and blah, blah, blah. You know, what is a smart decision right now? And sometimes a smart decision is to just do it yourself. And sometimes a smart decision is to make this take two long, two weeks longer than you really wanted to, because in the long run, it's going to be way smarter if your assistant learns how to do it. But there's no one size fits all answer. It's always a, like you, we have to understand the inside of our businesses and how all those pieces fit together to be able to make those right decisions.
0: So then it's not even just like one question. Yeah. Because I do have something that I've been, I've been like, I haven't handed this one silly thing off and it literally has not gotten done. This is a project that should have been finished Mm -hmm. back in March. (laughs) You might have, you
1: might have a management problem. So most entrepreneurs I know are terrible at managing their
0: teams. (laughs) I don't know if you- Well, it's crazy because I'm, I'm like, I'm from that project management background, but I I have a really, it's a totally different ball game when it's your own ball game. And
1: it's it's not just project (laughs) management, but people management. So yes, yes. So like, how do you talk about like when it slips by two days, when the deadline slips by two days, how do you bring up that conversation? How do you talk with whoever is, was responsible and didn't get it done? How do you make sure it doesn't happen again? How do you decide if it's your, your problem or their problem or some other problem? Like, how do you negotiate those tricky situations?
0: Right, right. Well, I feel like this is a me problem. Okay. That I never handed it off problem. Okay. Um, so that's pretty much the deal there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, the, the, the thing is, this is a, v- this project is very connected to revenue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this becomes, this
1: becomes the perpetual challenge of the busy business owner. And I, I can almost see the same, I have the same problem all the time. I tell my clients this when they're in make it work online, they're just starting out and they're like, but I don't, do I focus my energy on this or that? I'm like, welcome to the perpetual challenge of a business owner, like prioritizing the endless list of things to do. And sometimes we have to say, okay, right now I have to do this thing because it's going to generate revenue and it, for whatever reason, it's not getting done or it's hard or it feels unsexy or whatever, but I I really got to do it because this is my business's growth bottleneck. Yeah.
0: And actually this is that, I think I'm at that point with this thing, just FYI, I just like totally (laughs) thinking you just made me realize that it's not that I've been just avoiding it. I've just been prioritizing other things Mm -hmm. in front of it that were also more time sensitive Revenue generators. Yeah. Really. Yep. So, so I don't have to like get down on myself about it. I'm like, why didn't I delegate this? No, it's okay. Yeah. Because it wasn't like I was like, okay, this or binging on Grey's Anatomy (laughs) or whatever on Netflix, (laughs) which is kind of not half true, but it is something that I have in my Netflix queue, right? (laughs) I think think you did something really
1: important and that is like (sighs) you made a conscious choice and you acknowledged this was a hard choice. I feel like I should have been prioritizing this thing. And yes, it is important for the long-term game of my business, but sometimes short-term trumps long-term, which is just reality. Like this is just how it is sometimes. And we, we can let ourselves off the hook as long as we're making deliberate conscious decisions, which is what sounds like you did.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a huge, I question myself, not like as in, should I do this? Should I not? Not that kind of yeah. questioning, but I do a different type of questioning. That's more, okay. Like I've gotten better at questioning what I'm doing. If like, I have a moment where I'm like, should I be doing this right now? Is this necessary right now? Um, is this necessary for the long term? Is this necessary for right now? Like I, I try to find different questions to ask myself, um, That actually would be a good question for you. Do you think there are some good questions to kind of figure to weed through some, wade through some of this stuff?
1: Yeah, I do think there are some questions. So one is always comes back to like, what's my ultimate goal? Like, big picture goal. Why am I even running this business? Because sometimes we can get so stuck up in the weeds about like how many times we're posting on Facebook and whether or not there's like, there should be a comma here or not. Like we can get so stuck in the weeds that we forget. Like, why are we doing this in the first place? Oh, right. Because working for myself is the best idea ever. <laughs> I work so much less than I worked in a job. I get to work in my home and that's an introvert's dream. So like, I just, just reconnect with why you doing this in the first place, right? I have a mortgage to pay, you know, like there's, <laughs> that's practical i think and once you sort of reorient then it's like okay what am i like of what i'm working on right now or i have like in the queue or all those million ideas what what's really urgent what really has to happen and then question those urgent things because sometimes they're not really urgent and then what are sort of the big projects i need to keep moving forward and and am I avoiding the big projects because they're scary and uncomfortable and challenge me and it's easier to put off and to, to dive in, you know, just to sort of notice if we're falling into any patterns of like always liking to do urgent things, always focusing on long term things, avoiding uncomfortable things just to sort of, yeah, be, get onto ourselves. Like, what am I repeating any patterns here? Does this
0: really serve me? Yeah. I like that patterns question. And you know what, I, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh, wow. So you, and, and there is the urgent, important stuff, but there's also the important but not yep. urgent stuff that that's really, I think that you can find by asking yourself these questions, which makes me think of the fact that you're doing, you're going inside, you're going to be systematizing some things in your business for the for the second half of the year, which I think that is one of those important, like, I don't know, maybe you've defined this, this as a bottleneck, something that will open things up for more revenue for your, for your business. Um, is that why you decided to do that for the second half of the year? Cause you see what it, what it will open up. So
1: part of it is um, I am, there's a little bit of Jenny philosophy that needs to get <laughs> peppered into here. And so I am a fan of systematizing everything that can be systematized but not wasting time systematizing anything until you know for sure that that's how you're going to do it. So, like you shouldn't systematize um like okay, so I have my podcast that's currently on um break, but I-, I shouldn't systematize how to manage guests on my podcast because I don't do guests on my podcast. You know, or like we had one guest And I didn't need to put a whole system in place for something that's one-off. So you don't need to arbitrarily put systems into place. That's a waste of time. (laughs) At the same time, you reach a point of critical mass where you realize you're doing something repeatedly in a certain way all the time. And it's better for everyone if it's systematized. And so my team just keeps growing. And I have to... How many people do you have on
0: your team? What do you... Who do you? What's that? <laughs> How many people do you have on your I team? Have a full-time uh.
1: assistant. I have a halftime content strategist and copywriter. I've got maybe a quarter-time designer, and then I have people that come in and out. Some social media help, some Facebook ad help, some um tech help, some consultants here, there, and everywhere. But there's you know four or five of us that are always engaged in running the ship, and and so and I've been in business for so long. So what's happening is there's like. Google folders all over the place and Dropbox folders all over the place. And different people have come in and out and done things differently. And it's like we all, my team is super organized. So everybody knows where everything is, but it's just sometimes it's like, wait, where's that? Wait, what are you doing about this? And so it's, we can keep the ship running just as things are, but it's not my preference. I do much better when everything is tight and organized and clean and streamlined and systematized. And up until this point, we were still like feeling our way through through certain aspects of our business. And so like the way we added content upgrades and how those got categorized and where they got saved and where we did this and that and the social media for them, like it was all testing and playing and experimenting. And we've now got to the point where it's like, okay, we know how we do this and where we do this, but it's just not organized really well. And now that we have found our our we don't like have the system in place but now that we see it's ready to be easier on all of us let's make it easier on all of us but before it was still like let's try this let's see how this lands let's see how this works and so it was too soon to put those systems in place because we were still in the experiment phase and now that we see okay yep this is how we do it this is how this works well for everybody's sanity let's organize it because then when the ship on the inside is all tight and running like you know perfectly Now there's all this room freed up for everybody on the team to do that next thing. And I kind of don't see exactly what that next thing is yet. That's just my. So I'm making room for it. So it's like, okay, let's clear the decks. Let's organize the heck out of everything so that once I see what that next thing is, we don't have anything standing in our way.
0: I mean, I love that because that's. And that's almost like an amazing thing to do if you can try to make that a regular occurrence, maybe even where I don't want to say like once a year. Maybe it's like one quarter of not every year, but whenever maybe it is one quarter of every year, it's like, okay, let's review our systems. Let's, you know. Yeah set up anything that has become a repeated thing. And then that kind of makes sure that there's w- at least one time during the year when you're opening things up for the next. Yeah.
1: Thing. Yeah. And so, but I will have to confess it's maybe 10% avoidance. So it is my comfort zone just because we were talking about this a few minutes ago. It is my comfort zone to organize, streamline, tighten the ship, blah, blah, blah. That. So there is part of me that acknowledges that this is more comfortable than say like maybe some other things that would be slightly more productive. But I see it and I'm consciously saying, yeah, 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 I see what I'm doing. So I'll still push myself to do those other things that I am using this a little bit to avoid doing because I know these other things are good for me and for my business. And also it's smart for the whole team. So there's a little bit of there's a little bit of, I like to be the kind of person people like to work for. Um, I like to run a business that people are like, I don't want to not work for Jenny. This is amazing. And so part of this is also me being respectful of what makes the people who work for me satisfied. You know, <laughs> he likes to work yeah. with organized yeah, and all totally. that sort of stuff. So there's there's a few little pieces in there, but I'm doing it consciously. You know, the good and the bad is all conscious, yeah. which
0: I think. Well, I think that it's interesting. If could, do you think that avoidance is one of those things that makes our work harder sometimes? <laughs> of course. I don't know. Like, I, I'm just thinking like. All right. So, what is
1: the hardest thing for you to do in business that you pretty much never do?
0: I I've honestly feel like I don't spend enough time thinking about the overall vision. Honestly, I don't.
1: And so do you not do it because, for example, you sit down to do it and you like want to squirm. You're like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Like, is that is? does it feel uncomfortable to think about it or are you avoiding it for other reasons?
0: I feel like I'm avoiding it because I see, uh, because I can see the weeds and I can see that there's stuff there that needs to either be pushed forward that somebody else is doing. And mm-hmm. that's where I go right away is in oh, but these, these things need to be focused on. Like, like I, I, I can divert my attention. I'm not sure if it's, maybe I do feel uncomfortable thinking about it. Yeah. Cause there's unknowns there. The vision, yes. maybe there's unknowns, and the right? Unknown is uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> I think a lot of people,
1: I think the biggest thing we have, I mean, I don't, I can't say this is a blanket statement for everyone, but often the biggest thing we avoid in our business is the thing that makes us most uncomfortable. So I, the thing that makes, all the things in business of all the things in business, the number one thing that is hardest for me and most uncomfortable is networking with other business owners. And so, um, you know, when I emailed you and I was like, Hey, Ann,
0: and I was like, Oh, oh, oh. oh like, my gosh. And then I'm, like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I have to like tell tell you that I'm so sorry. I didn't even email you back about the second email that you sent oh, me and nice. i was like I was like oh my gosh she must think I'm such a jerk like it's hard for me too so I have a hard, <laughs> a lot of social issues and I'm like i, I just I, I can't even like it's he it might be seem easy for us to talk to each other right now and it is but I'm the same way yeah and so that and so
1: I'm aware that that is my biggest limiter in business because I'm not super social because I'm super introverted because I'm so shy and I have all these excuses about myself and i buy into all of these stories I tell myself about myself all the time that I know this is, that's something that I avoid. So I have on my agenda for this fall to like reach out and connect with more business owners. And I know <laughs> that this systematize the inside of my business to the next level project is partially because what I really
0: need to do <laughs> is go out and network more. Well, it's and kind I, of giving but, you the time to do that. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I actually want to, th- I'm going to put some serious thought into what specifically I'm avoiding about that. Mm-hmm. Like when anybody ever tells me, oh, you, you should be, you should, um, like, I don't know, something I was going to journal about. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going to journal, journal about that. I'm going to kind of think about that, brainstorm <laughs> about that. And I've been avoiding brainstorming. Yeah. I'm like, what's wrong here? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I sort of, I, the thing
1: that makes it a little bit easier for me and that I tell my clients to do is just get curious. Like whatever you find, you're not wrong. You're just like, huh, I wonder what's happening here.
0: Like go on a little treasure hunt and see what you find. So funny. I mean, I, I do say something very similar to people too. And then I'm like, get curious. Why? It's scary over there. (laughs) (laughs) right. So I'm like, I'm going to take my own medicine. (laughs) Uh, I love love that. I love that. Do you, do you feel like working smarter really is just about what you just said, getting curious, um, asking maybe yourself the questions of why you're doing too much, too little, whatever it is, whatever you're avoiding. It's really not, there's no one specific way out of, we didn't even really finish that topic, did we? Um, (laughs) There's so much to say. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm like head down, head slammed into desk. Um, But I think that when, when, if you're worried that you're either working too hard or not hard enough, that it just comes down to just being like asking the question, just standing back and taking a look at it.
1: Yeah. So I think at a really high level, that's, or at at a first, the first step is to why are you doing this business and what's important to you in your life and why do you want to do this business? And the reason why that's really important is sometimes I have come across people, when I tell them to ask that question, they're like, I actually don't want to be in business. I actually think that according to my values, I would be better off in a job. I was like, good to know. And that gave them all this freedom. They thought, I actually thought I should be in business. And so the first question is, why are you doing this? What do you value? How does this fit into the grand scheme of your life? You can get clear on all that. And then, then there's so many little nitty gritty things that come into play in terms of, how you manage your time, how quickly you get distracted, where you're focusing your plan. Do you even know how you want to build your business? Are you working on the right things? Are you working smart? And I taught this class last fall called success without sacrifice. It was a six week class, totally free. People can get it. You don't even have to give me your, me your email address. It's at jennyshecom S W O S for success without sacrifice. And it's totally free and it's 6 week class though you get access to all of it at once and it's about helping you really make to, to decide for yourself what's going on how much do i want to work what is important to me why am i doing this business and then once you get clear on all of that am i working most effectively where am i getting in my own way how can i be doing things smarter not harder and the the thing i love about it and that you know i think we had maybe i don't know thousand people go through the class. I can't even, I don't even know anymore that I'm not there to tell you or anyone what your answer should be. You know, I'm not here to tell you, you should only work four hours a week or you should work at least 50 or this should be your priority. It's really about helping everyone pick what matters to them and create that because that's what success without sacrifice or now I call it success on your, your own terms is all about success on your terms is you deciding what success means to you and doing it. On the way that you want to do it for you, you know, to choosing your terms and choosing your success, um, and and deciding what that is, because I believe I believe it's possible. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I think that's great, Jenny, and I think that in this kind of current online landscape where you see lots of people who are, you know, lots of people who are struggling, lots of people who are successful, lots of people who are like doing doing the work, lots of different people having different experiences, it's easy to look at one person's business and say, I want that. But when, but it's not actually very healthy to do that. I don't think, I think stepping back and really asking yourself these questions that you just shared is, I mean, I think that's, I, I, I can appreciate that approach because I am so not wanting to do business like anybody else. Um, and I think that yeah. I think that a lot of people probably, when they really get down to it and start asking themselves these questions, they'll realize they also have different terms than other people.
1: Yes, I think that's really important, and it allows us to then, I say, use the phrase "make conscious, deliberate choices." Like, oh, okay, I could work in my business five days a week. This isn't me, but I'm thinking of a client. I, I could work in my business five days a week, but I value having two days a week off with my little baby son. So I I see this as a trade-off and I am consciously making a decision, which then lets you off the hook from giving yourself a hard time for not working on those days. And or, you know, like or not feeling guilty when you do work. You know, it, it allows us to own our choices and not beat ourselves up because there's always somebody out there who's going to have an opinion (laughs) that counter whatever we do, somebody else is always going to have a different opinion. And so it allows us
0: to decide what matters to us most. I live that. And I love that. (laughs) Okay. So now here are the, here are the three fun questions to ask you. Okay. I don't know if you read books. It doesn't matter. Read, listen, whatever, but what's your favorite recent kind of book? Oh,
1: golly. I should, I like keep piles. (laughs)
0: Uh, let's see. Yeah,
1: what's in your book pile? What is in my book pile? Actually, I <laughs> might have to go in the other room to tell you what's in my book pile. So I'm actually I just read a book called Oh, I'm just gonna have to go in the other room. Uh, Why we get fat and what to do about it. <laughs> Let me see if I can. It basically debunks a lot of the myths about health and weight and the American lifestyle. It's very oh, here it is. Why we get fat and what to do about by Gary Tobbs. It's very. Intellectual, not super intellectual, but there's like science in there. So it's a slow read, but very like eye opening. So that was very interesting. And we are working on updating some of our funnels. So I've got Russell Brunson's.com secrets. And that is actually a
0: great little is. book. It is. There's so much packed into it. I'm, I'm there's kind of so impressed. much in that. I have lots of little um, sticky notes. From the past. I can see it over on my shelf that are sticking out of it. It's a great book. <laughs> and then the other two by my bed
1: are America the Anxious, How Our Pursuit of Happiness is Creating a Nation of Nervous Wrecks by Ruth Whitman. One of my clients recommended that book.
0: Wow, that's And then
1: The Obstacle is the Way, The Timeless Art of <laughs> Turning Trials into Triumph by Ryan Holiday.
0: Sorry, that's next to my bed too. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I just I just got that, and then I also put in my Audible his other book. It's called The Ego Something mm, or Other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another book. Somebody somebody recently recommended these him to me, and this book. So I have
1: those. Next yeah. Day. So yeah, I just had to venture from my office into the bedroom to get those. Let's we'll see. And I do I do I generally listen to fiction. I didn't, except when I was really sick with Lyme and my. Um, My eyes got really tired. I started listening to audiobooks and now I love listening to audiobooks.
0: (laughs) So Yeah, I I'm kind of weird. I like listening to audiobooks while I'm reading the book. Oh, really? that's awesome. (laughs) But it it like gives me some I don't do it all the time, but like sometimes I'm just like, ah, that really that just it makes it such an easy experience for me.
1: So my latest favorite um fiction read is. Where'd you go? Bernadette by Maria Semple. I like very light fiction. I can't, um, if anything's too heavy or emotional, it's too stressful. So I need light, lighthearted. <laughs> so where'd you go Bernadette?
0: Awesome. I loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to check that one out. I, and by the way, I asked you because I need book <laughs> referrals myself. Um, okay. So next question, what is your favorite? I'm going to just say entertainment related guilty pleasure and entertainment could be food, I suppose, but mm. I, you know, it could be just something else.
1: Yeah. TV. We, um, usually my husband and I will watch maybe like, Oh, two hours of TV, sometimes an hour, an hour and a half to yeah, an hour and a half ish, like two, T- two Tivo TV shows. So I guess that comes out to be about an hour and a half at night.
0: Well, you, that's that's some restraint because sometimes I'm like I just sometimes I'll literally go off the rails if I've just had like a long week mm. I'm just like I'm sitting here
1: <laughs> sometimes on the weekends it might be more but I am such a like I'm so hardcore about my bedtime that you pretty much he'll try he'll be like one more show one more show I'm like nope it's time to go to bed
0: <laughs> wow wow yeah. That's awesome, though. OK, so last question is: what's one thing that you could share that might surprise people about you?
1: Um, oh, what would surprise people about me? I don't know, but I, I don't know. I've already confessed that I was I am, <laughs> I am very introverted and am not good at networking, but I don't know if that would surprise people or not. They probably already know. What would surprise people about me? Oh, this is a tricky one. Okay. Well, I don't know if this is, I don't know. I, there's so much pressure. So much pressure. on this question.
0: <laughs> do you speak a language? Somebody people might not know you speak. No, I don't know. No.
1: Although I do pick up a few words of Chinese because my husband's parents, are, well, they speak English just fine, but my husband's family speaks Chinese. So every once in a while I pick up on a word. I'm like, Oh, I know that word. <laughs> <laughs> so I can say, okay, that, I guess this is what I'll think. I can say a handful of things in Chinese. So my dog's name is Mei Mei. And Mei Mei, it's actually Mei Mei is how you say it in Chinese. And if somebody's listening in their Chinese, pardon my American accent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it means little sister. And so we joke that we need, everybody thinks it's hysterical if they speak Chinese. They're like, oh, her name is Mei, Mei. Oh, like Mei, Mei And we're like, yes. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then like uh, in, in the Chinese language, people have uh, like your little sister. I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like a Guga or something. No, no. Little sister is Mei Mei. And then older sisters like, D uh, D or something like that, and they're like, oh, she should have been a a D D. So then, if you get a little another little dog, she can be Maymay. And we're like, ah, Didi just isn't as good of a, isn't as cute as a <laughs> Maymay. <laughs> so then people are like, well, you should get a dog name. Uh, the next one would be like Guga or something like that. Like that might be little brother. I don't know. So I I know random things like that. And, um Chinese.
0: (laughs) Well, it sounds like it's kind of sounds kind of like my my um, knowledge of Russian. I always (laughs) I actually kind of say that I'm kind of this might sound really horrible that I'm saying this, but I I sometimes say I'm kind of like a dog that I understand what's happening (laughs) Like, from like keywords that are said that yeah. are said over and over again, and then I'll ask later, like, What's that? you know, <laughs> after a while, you're like, Oh, they're talking about food, yeah. okay, yeah, this is good, <laughs> uh, you know more than me, I just know random words. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely an educated dog over here. I can't really respond that well. Yes. That's the thing. <laughs> my English just sounds like
1: barking. That's my husband's Chinese. He can understand. He can speak Taiwanese. So he grew up speaking Taiwanese in his household. So he can speak Taiwanese. And actually, we just went to go visit a bunch of his aunts and uncles who some of don't speak a lot of English. And I heard him speak more Taiwanese in those two weeks than I have in the 18 years since I've known him he finally had to give in he was like he just try would try in English because his parents will speak to him in Taiwanese and he'll speak back in English and but with these aunts and uncles he just was like I could see him take this deep sigh and just go into the Taiwanese it was awesome it was really fun to just see that other side of him
0: <laughs> you're like Haha, you have to do it that's hilarious I love it okay well I think that was a great conversation. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Oh, thank I you. I loved for it. <laughs> thank you for having and me. And you're going to have to let me know where you're going to be going to network oh, yeah. this fall so that maybe I can get out of my shell as well. I don't even know where you're based out of. Where do you live?
1: I live in Oregon. I live
0: uh, 90 miles oh, my gosh. Okay. south of Portland. We're- yeah, we're not far away. I live north of Seattle. Yeah. So yeah, we're on the same coast. Okay.
1: Yeah, actually it is easier to go to those events with a buddy. Although I did go to an event last fall by myself, like on purpose and it was scary as all get out. (laughs)
0: Yep. I agree. I'm, but I did it. (laughs) I need like anchor people that I kind of know that I can just go like, Hey, what's up? We're best friends now. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. But then the trick is to not just hang out with
0: that person all the time. Yes. Because that, that's, that's not the point. Right. I'm going, you should be <laughs> spreading your wings and talking yeah. to other people. Um, yeah. are you going to there? I know that there are some this summer in Oregon, but I don't have any plans to go to those yet, but I, don't I may. have
1: anything on my list right now, I was more thinking like September, October, November. So I'm going to go see you last year. I went to, I think it was in October. Jeff Walker did a new event called LaunchCon. With. yes and I really
0: um he just did some kind of really it was really dirt cheap to go to this event oh I didn't and he just put something out did he? I just saw it mm-hmm. and I was like gosh I should go I <laughs> will have to check it out but I was uh, I, there was
1: pluses and minuses but overall I'm glad I went and I would certainly go again uh yeah yeah so maybe I'll go to that we'll see if he does it I think he's doing it again it was in LA in October I think so
0: yeah that's cool. Yeah, the only one that I have coming up is a James Wetmore one in November. All right. What is so, uh he does the YouTube videos? He, he has um a program called Business by Design. huh And it's his, it's a really it's actually a really great program. I I really like it. But I, I like James and his event is actually really interesting. It's not like any other event I've gone to. Um, So we can can definitely, I can tell you more about it. Yeah, please um, do. Usually it's for people who are in the actual course Mm -hmm. program, but I know that he said that if you have, you know, people that you think would want to come, you can tell them.
1: Let me know. I do need to (sighs) get out there. So this (laughs) might just be divine intervention through and yeah. which i
0: love maybe maybe <laughs> that could very well be the truth you know what i actually might check out LaunchCon now so okay so that's going to be my assignment for this weekend right i'm not going to do it during the week i'm going to prioritize yeah so okay jenny it was awesome as always i'm going to make sure to put all of your links in the show notes but you've given us a few here during during the call so during the than the, during the show, not the call. And, um, but I'll put all of those down below. Is there anything else that I should share with people about what you're up to?
1: Well, I mean, if you've got, I know your focus is on launching, but if people are looking to just get their one-on-one services out there or maybe incorporated, maybe they have done classes and they want to move to one-on-one, which I've had a lot of people do. We yeah. have, you know, I've been talking about this stuff for over six years And I, there's just gobs of resources and free downloads and specific steps and instructions all over my site. So just come on over and start scouring. And if you don't see what you need, email us and my amazing assistant will point you to something helpful.
0: I even think like the one of your recent posts was even something. Yeah. The client getting mistakes. You don't know you're making right there. I was like, Hey, I got that email. I got something about that. So, yeah, so definitely check out JennyShe.com and you're going to see a bunch of other links in the show notes to to grab some more resources from Jenny. Awesome. Jenny, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love <laughs> just talking about all of this stuff. It's great. I know. Thank it's you. fun. <laughs> it's so fun. Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode of the Fearless Launching Show, make sure to head over to annesamoyla.com forward slash 147 for all the show notes and for some related resources that we talked about throughout this episode. Also, head over right over to Jenny She's site right now because she's got resources and lots of downloads and different tools that you can start using now, especially if you've got a service-based business or you're a coach or a consultant so head over to Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, she, dot hcom You're going to find her over there. But if you want all those show notes, all the things we mentioned today, make sure to head to com forward slash 147. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next week.